Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Today, I'm chatting with somebody I've done a webinar with. He featured on the 100th podcast episode. I know I get to have a one-on-one conversation with Mr. Habits himself, Anish. Enjoy. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. Um, Today, I get a great opportunity to talk with somebody I've done a webinar with before. He featured on the the 100th episode a few weeks ago. And you might have have read um, a a habits book. You might have a favorite habits book. It might be Atomic Habits. It might be Seven Habits. But what I've got and what we've got an amazing opportunity to do tonight is to talk with Mr. Habits himself. This person has um, has, has taken an in-depth view of, of habits. And I think when I've read all of the, this material, what we have an opportunity to do tonight is to really understand what works with habits. So I'm going to introduce him as Mr. Habits. Anish, how are you? Good, Mr. Age. I've got to think of a nickname for you, haven't I? But yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, no, really good, thank you. Really good, thank you. And I'm conscious as well. I never introduce you with your surname because I think I think you are going to be like like Ronaldo or Maradona or Madonna. Well, you'll just be known as Anish. Okay, all right. Do I need a symbol or something? You know how Prince had this kind of squiggly thing. Yes. One day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one day. One day. So anyway, so so I'm conscious. I I, I know yeah. who you are. But for, for those people that don't know who Anish is, who is it? Mm. And, uh, and how has he got to sit in that seat today? Right. Well, I got to sit in this seat because I um, managed to uh, ask my wife delicately um, to uh, leave the room because she has her own business. So that's how yeah. I sit in this seat. <laughs> this is uh, There's two businesses running in this household. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I'm Anish Hindocha. That's how I pronounce my surname. And um, I have become independent through an interesting path that's led me through about 20 plus years of change um, with different organizations, um, doing all sorts of roles, right? Lee, you, you, you're a change guy. So I started yeah. out in BT, British Telecom, um, doing a bit of testing, a bit of developing, realized I wasn't that great at developing uh, code, and then moved on to doing some business analysis, um, some solution design, some team leading, PMO, project manager, program, basically any type of change role you can think of um there are probably a few i haven't done but most of them i've done and and the one that really i think um really got me passionate about what i'm doing now is is lean consultancy so how do you drive improvement amongst teams that was um that was the thing that really kind of you know fueled the fire for what i do now yeah got you no thank you for that so when you say fuel the fire for what you do now is, so you've you've landed on, on your or you're you're specialising or you're getting a deep understanding of one particular aspect of what people some people might know as traditional lean stuff and um, habits why habits it started off as a project to be honest with you um, when you when you start off in business by yourself I think uh, any of your listeners who might be thinking about doing this will will probably relate to what I'm about to say and that is you you have an idea um, and you start off and then you realize you're on your own. There's no one else to bounce ideas off um, and people who do bounce ideas off may not really be able to get what you're saying. So it can get a bit lonely um, and you need to stay disciplined. So I created um, just for fun, a 30 day challenge. And my first 30 day challenge was to post on LinkedIn every day. So this is back last year sometime. Yeah, I left um I left permanent employment in about September 2019. So the first one was a 30 day LinkedIn challenge, and it got a bit of engagement, and I learned a lot from it. So I, I when I coach people, I do coach people about reflective practice, and I think there's an awful lot that can that can come from that when you actually takes take a step back and look at what have you learned. And we all talk about lessons learned in change, don't we? And yeah. often not applying them within business. That's often a complaint. You know, we don't learn our lessons. You hear that a lot, don't you? But imagine applying that to yourself. So 
I use myself as a project to go, what, what am I learning about the 30 day LinkedIn challenge? You know, what is it, the thing, what, what things am I learning about it? Um, and that became a series of other experiments. I've been running one a month since then. So I'm up to experiment eight, I think now. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. So um, mm-hmm. I guess I guess the first question that pops into my head there then is why 30 days? Because it's easy, isn't it? It's a month, more or less. Um, it gives you a nice start date if you're doing on the first of the month. Um, there's, there's lots of quotes around it takes 21 days to make a habit. It takes 66 days to make a habit. Why 30 days? It's a short enough time frame um, to be able to practice something consistently and start to see results. Um, I don't believe that all habits are born equal. You know, some things are going to just take you forever, a lifetime. Some things will come very naturally to you and you will adopt easily and integrate into your way of life. And those could be done maybe in less than 30 days. But 30 days was a nice enough period of time to kind of go, right, let me see if I can um, learn something from this and, and weave it into into who i am yeah yeah okay so the eight things that you've done um just give us a little flavor of some of the things that you've tried to do achieve in 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 30 days um i've written them down because i i I would have forgotten otherwise but and so the first was the 30-day linkedin challenge yeah um and that was interesting because i realized that when you post on social media you get a lot of awareness um usually from your first level connections um it doesn't necessarily necessarily result into actual work um so let's so 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 experiment two was um talking to real people in the real world so this is before covid and everything else so i would i spent every single day so i live in northwest london so every single day going into london pounding the pavements going to networking events handing out business cards talking to strangers trying to explain what it is i do and at the time it was around improving meetings which is yeah. still a, which is still an offering, by the way. Um, and people would go, "What do you mean?" And it forced me in a whole different way in real time to actually explain what it is that you do. And that's that's a skill in itself. People talk elevator pitches, don't they? So that was that was number two. Number three was um, I was finding I was just sitting down too much. So I was exercising for thirty minutes every day. Number four was reading for thirty minutes every day. Um, five was disagreeing with somebody every single day, which is really wow. good. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Was that just was that just at home? And, and was yeah, that easy yeah, to no. do? Yeah, no, that that that's that's a habit already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, that was that was just born out of a realization. Again, reflection. When you start to understand yourself more, you start to recognize some of the feedback you've been given in the past and why it is that you might hold yourself back um, from, from doing certain things. And in my case, I recognized that I was um, perhaps a little bit too compliant, maybe a little bit too passive. Um, and whilst the thoughts were worrying away in one's mind, um, they weren't necessarily being spoken. Yeah. So that was a deliberate, I'm not going to, BRC for the sake of it, but if I disagree with something, I'm going to say what I think. Um, and that became easier, you know, probably one of the more difficult ones I had to do for me personally, for other people, probably love a, love, love, love a little debate. It's fine. But for me, that was a bit more difficult. Um, number six was being present with the kids, yeah. um, which was really, which was really lovely, um, life affirming in a way. And seven was, was, was the last one, which is playing, playing, trying to play Tracy Chapman on my acoustic guitar which was a lot of fun yeah so that was 10 minutes a day how'd you play how'd you play a tune so wow wow so how how many of those seven or eight different things are still being done that's a great question yeah a lot of people ask me that they go are your habits cumulative is that what you mean so yeah you do one um quite a few of them quite a few of them um so the reading has stayed the the reading was built upon another habit a bad one which was taking the phone to bed yeah and when when you think about habits often if if it's if if it's a bad one and for me taking the phone to bed wasn't particularly great because it's just affecting sleep i was going to bed too late you know scrolling on social media you're just wasting time basically um and um 
what you need to do with a habit is if you want to change one, you, you need to understand what the trigger is and what the reward is. So let's, let's look at a phone, for example. So the trigger for you using your phone could be, well, I'm going to go to bed. This is my time. I'm just going to decompress. You know, I've been working all day. I had the kids. We've, you know, they, they, they've gone to bed. This is just my time just to chill out. I might watch something, read the news, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. That's the cue. The cue is going to bed, right? So then the reward is, um, you know, the sensation of kind of going, yeah, I'm, I'm relaxed. Or if you've, you're going through social media, you found something you've liked, or if you posted something, someone's liked something that you've done, that's a dopamine hit in brain chemistry terms. And that becomes a reward. So you want to change a habit. You've got to, got to keep the cue the same. So the cue is still, I'm going to bed. Yeah. The reward needs to be something that satisfies you. So I, I've always loved reading, right? And I thought, if I can just change the, the narrative inside my brain that goes, look, I'm going to bed, I'm reading something. It doesn't have to be anything business related at all. Um, the last book I read was called This Is London, which is um, a really interesting um, book about, um, you know, uh, an underground look at London. Um, the underworld, I should say. Uh, anyway, point was, was that for me, that was a reward. So I swapped the phone replaced it with the book and that stuck so there's a there's a habit substitution thing going on there um so yeah that's um so that's your question yeah yeah so no it does so so some of them have continued some yeah. of them might not have continued mm. but i guess my question is what is the what makes something successful because you know said like a lot of people will start a new year's resolution and they might go the first few days um and then in february they'll stop going and and you've had seven or eight different experiments there where you might have just said to yourself i'm going to do it for 30 days and not and not consider doing it for any longer than 30 days you might have just wanted to, to do that yeah. and but but some of them have continued so what is well what do you believe is the um successful ingredient that makes something continue that makes something stick because one of the things that really frustrates me and um, is that people who say they only want to do, they'll, they want to get better, but they want to start on Monday or the following Monday or the beginning of next year. In my head, I'm yeah. going, well, if you want, if, if you really wanted to get better, right. why, not, why not just start now? Um, but how do they keep going after 30 days? What is it? Because, because it's really, there's not, there's not, Habit formation isn't too complicated. People make it complicated. Um, you, the answer is in what you just said when you said, if they really wanted to get better. It's in the word really. If you really want to do it, then you, you'll do it. Let me, let me just kind of explain. So um, part one of my, th I do I run a thing called the 30-day experiment, which is for individuals to transform their habits so that they stick. Yeah. Um, and part one is getting clarity. So what we do on part on week one of the 30 day experiment is we look up, we look at up to about three habits. If you and I were doing this, um, we would look at um, up to three habits that you want to improve. But I do a bit of work with you um, to look at um, who you are as a person, um, because your identity speaks volumes about the sorts of things that you do. You know, you think about somebody who's you know um trying to quit smoking you know they they try and quit they 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 fall off the wagon they try and quit they fall off the wagon now, i'm not sitting here promising i can help you quit smoking yeah. but if you were to tell me that um in five years time this is how you picture yourself and your identity is always as has been as an active dad as somebody who can run around after their kids the people who's somebody who used to be fit and healthy um, and they want to do it again, um, then we drill into why that is part of your identity. And that then is massive for, for actually making any habit stick. So the rest of the stuff I teach is around focus techniques, um, staying the course and remaining disciplined. And also just looking at progress because people forget they do it for 10 days, but they don't realize just how far they've come in 10 days yeah you know you're a children's book author so you probably don't write you might tell me do you write a book in a single day does, no. does that happen no 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 it's a it's a journey right it, it progresses over time yeah yeah 
I, I might I might have the idea in a single day, and I might write the first page or two, um, but it, it's something that develops over time. For me, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and and that and and you you don't people I think don't necessarily look back on the progress that they've made. Um, and you can do this if you, even if you're in a, even if you're not in business, but you're working for somebody. Yeah. Have a look, have a look at what your appraisal said last year, the year before, you know, motivation comes from understanding that progress has been created. And if you do that intentionally and it starts with intention, it starts with identity. If you do that intentionally yeah. and you're consistent about it, um, and it's really related to who you want to become, then it's not this, um, you know, fancy notion of, right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start running. It might, it might not be running for you. You know, it might be something completely different. Don't just pick something because you think it's a good idea. So yeah, yeah. get really clear on who it is you are. Oh, well, no, I, lo- I love that. And something that you just said there about motivation, what, did, what, mm-hmm. what, just say what you said again about motivation then. If you, something about recognizing so something about motivation yeah. is there when you recognize that pro or progress has happened yes absolutely yeah i think that's quite profound what you said there actually yeah so so do, well yes because some people think that so do you need motivation to start or do you need a reason to start and does motivation keep you going do, do you know what is yeah i think i think i think you need a reason to start i think i think there's no there's no harm in in just starting i think that's that's absolutely fine if, if one of your clients said to you lee I'm, I'm struggling to post on linkedin one of the first things you'd go do is um maybe share an article or something that's not your words you're just p- pressing share yeah. that's come from your profile that could be a little baby step in that direction so yeah you could absolutely make a make a step in that direction just start i'm a big believer in that um but for the habit to stick then yeah. it needs to come from a different place you know i know people who want to create a personal brand for themselves but they're they're naturally quite introverted um and don't want to be on a stage um and so when i speak to them I said if creating a personal brand means you need to be you know you need to be out there you know doing podcasts or or you know maybe a bit of public speaking then um what is it you want out of a personal brand? And then that starts to become less about them and more about their business and their work. Then they're, they're a bit more comfortable with that as opposed to it being just about themselves, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I love that. I love that. So, I mean, there's, and there's a number of different ways I want to take this conversation. Now, so I've got to just pick one. Um, but so, so I guess, firstly, if we, if we look at your background, you're in yeah. um, business change or um, process improvement, continuous improvement, and then you've you kind of pivoted to habits. So yes. traditionally, um, a lot of people um, understand business improvement, process improvement as tools and techniques. So it might be uh, map, map this process, identify the waste, and then map a new process and jobs are good. And, some people you've got you've got the job <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that's their belief of process improvement but then there's a, there's another school of thought the actual true process improvement and is is around building the capability of everybody to recognize to identify and solve problems on a daily basis which is habitual mm-hmm. and and when you're talking and you've moved from process improvement to habits formation yes. what was there a penny drop moment for you that went actually this is not tools and techniques it's about habits and behaviors was it yeah was- yeah right right from the beginning probably about eight, eight eight to ten years ago when i made the split in my head between change as a delivery mechanism and change as a as a behavioral path and you need both to be a successful change team you absolutely need both um which is why i kind of think um a lot of job descriptions within change for project managers, business analysts, etc., miss the other side of the coin, which is how do you influence? How do you take people on the journey? How do you deal with resistance? Um, if I'm interviewing somebody for a change role, I want to know that. Yeah. I don't want to know that they know Prince too, because that can be learned. So can the behavioral stuff as well, by the way. Um, but you want to see evidence that they understand and have the awareness of it and can actually put it into practice. Um, so, so the penny drop for me, yeah, um, probably when I started going into into lean consultancy, and that was 
that was huge because I started to see the difference between so lean can be misused right it can be yeah. it, if you think about continuous improvement in any form be it agile be it lean um you know and, and other other methodologies are available right um it gets misused as a as a as a, as a cookbook as a as a deli- as an instruction for delivery and actually it's as you and i know it's 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 more a philosophy and it's more of a belief system and a way of thinking and you look at servant leadership or you look at um you look at the Deming cycle and plan, do, check, act, or plan, do, check, adjust, as it's also known, you know, a lot of that is also mirrored in habit formation. You know, um, if you think about it, when you plan, you're thinking about, well, back to identity, who am I, who do I want to become? When you yeah. the, the do is the actual routine you're doing. The checking is the reflection, you know, what have I learned? What's, what's, what's not going right here? What's going well? And you go back around the loop again. And through doing that continuous improvement cycle for yourself, you, you, you start to see the results and you get motivation, more progress, and then you start to set new goals. So, so yeah, that's, that, that's kind of my take on it. I think they're, they're absolutely linked. Yeah, no, they, they are. So, and are you a fan of Karate Kid? I love Karate Kid. Yeah, God, I thought, I I'm, love I'm, it. I'm glad you've said that, actually, because, because – this is something that I'm wrangling with in my in my head around. Um, so in Karate Kid, the wax on, wax off, and all of that wax stuff. Off. Wax yeah, off. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you do you do, far, you, you, do <laughs> you do it far better than I do. Um, so in in Karate Kid, um, what uh, Mister Miyagi is trying to teach him is the the habits or the behaviours, the things, the the movements, um, so they become subconscious. Um, with him but he doesn't know the reason why he's doing it but then at the point in time when he needs it it's instinctive for him to do so I went to I had the opportunity to um, to go to a Toyota supplier in the in the UK and and I went to the, the dojo and in their training room it was um, not about um, this process it was about the movements behind the process. So they had pieces of rope, they had like cogs that they would turn, they had like little boxes of, of screws and they'd have to go pick three screws up, pick three screws up, pick, because then they'd get used to picking three scres up and all the right, right. way around and stuff. They'd, they'd have like knobs to turn like this. So they would teach them the movements, um, right. the, uh, the habitual movements that the process required later down the line when they were actually um, on the job making whatever it is they were making. Um, and that's very much like the um, the uh, the Karate Kid, wax on, wax off. Um, so, and where I'm going with this, and I, I, yes. I, I'm well intrigued by this. And, and what I, what I'm trying to think of are what are the um, the what's the wax on, wax off for process, wax? <laughs> also for process improvement and for for normal office environments, or so that we move away from teaching people about how to map a process and the, the, the tools and the techniques to to teaching people um, actual the the habits that are required to deliver continuous improvement. So mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize before I pause to let you answer because it's just that in talking to you, karate kids popped in my head, he's creating habits. You said at the start that that actually you need to understand who you are and, and why you're doing it from a personal level. But organizational change is trying to influence mass um, habits and behaviors. Um, so I'm just going to use the word discuss. So what are your thoughts on what I've just said first? Any any thoughts at all before, before we choose an avenue to go down? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love Karate Kid. I think it's absolutely a um, brilliant movie. I want to... I wanna... I want to share that to my son because I think it's 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 stood the test of time. It's such a yes, great film. Yeah. I I I think hmm, I've got a bit of a beard, so it might be a bit of Mister Miyagi here actually. But I I, <laughs> I I I I see. I have this tension between trying to standardise the movements within organisations such that everything happens the same because I think you lose a bit of personality. Yeah. Yeah. And to quote another film, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction, personality yeah. goes a long way, right? Yeah. So 
personality does go a long way. We don't want to remove that. We don't want to stamp that out. Um, but something can be done to to help um, make the movement individual yet still standardized. Let me let me try and give you an example. So Starbucks, for example, um, had this constant complaint from their staff, which was whenever customers walk in, they don't like their coffee the way they want it. Um, they always complain and we try and offer them a free coffee or we try and, you know, um, do something different. Um, but it's happening regularly. So they looked at a range of different scenarios where this was happening um, and they kind of codified it into an acronym, which was really quite clever, because when I tell you what it stands for, you'll be like, oh, that's quite clever. So it stands for latte. That's quite right? clever. It is quite clever. I thought it was anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> glad you, I'm glad you agree. So, um, <laughs> The first, the first one was, um, so the L is, so this is, this is basically the movement, if you like. They trained all their baristas and their coffee staff to um, think about a complaining customer with the following five. So L is listen. A, if I remember this, A is acknowledge. T is take action. There's two T's. So the, the other T was, um, what was the other T? Thank the customer. Yeah. And final one was E, which was explain, explain what's happened. And they did that and customer complaints went down. Um, so what you've done there, you haven't lost the personality, but yeah. you've codified the interaction, which is really interesting for me because for me, habit formation, typically when you tell people about habits, they go, it's just about me, right? Do I want to get fitter? Do I want to give up a habit? Whatever it might be. But here you go. This is a business example where you've got, two-way interaction you've got a customer you've got someone serving the customer and there's a habit thing going on here and they trained all these baristas and customer customer complaints went like down quite a long way yeah and they put it down to the sequence in which they did it so people embodied this um and isn't it interesting how the e is explained i love that because you don't do the explanation first you first listen then you acknowledge then you take action then you thank and then you explain what's happened yeah. So that that's that for me is um, a really interesting example of how businesses can experiment um, in a small way with interactions with each other, um, with with customers as well. So yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that because it's about still allowing the individual to be individual and be flexible enough to deal with the situation, but habitually they've got the process ingrained in them to to go, it's this, then it's this, then it's this, then it's this, but they've got the freedom to navigate through Correct. that themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. I don't think we do that enough in, um, or I don't think organisations do that enough when they're applying or trying to become um, more operationally excellent, mm. have a consideration of allowing the individual to be individual, but these are the principles that we'd like you to that, that embody what excellent is yeah personality goes a long way yes it does <laughs> yes it does yeah no really good really good so if you were trying to influence a large number of people because you spoke about um um influencing the habits of an individual and um and understanding that individual the core of the, and then do they really want to improve mm. but if you were to try to influence the um the habits of a large organization or a team of people how would you go about that when you take an improvement lens to habit formation you 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 can borrow a lot from from the continuous improvement framework you know and i think if you can start to define the problem um to begin with so you yeah. can start to define the problem which could be for example um we're suffering from zoom burnout we've got meeting after meeting um look at our diaries we're you know there's hardly any white space it's 30 hours a week of meetings okay what's that leading to well it's you know burnout stress absences poor quality work um perhaps even worse you know certain individuals um not being recognized it could lead to unfairness at work i mean who knows it's about putting that magnifying glass on that very very specific issue yeah um and then going quite narrow with it and then saying so so who's setting up these meetings and and what are the, what are we trying to achieve 
and going back to we talk about personal identity but what's a team's identity what what why, why does a team even exist what would happen if you didn't have that team in an organization so if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking yeah i'm in a team and you should be able to answer that really really clearly um this is the reason we're here this is the purpose we have this is the value we serve if you if you remove that there should be some degree of chaos you know yeah. there should be some some level of angst or frustration that something can't get done so you're serving a very valuable purpose and from there start to go so if all of our meetings are about you know project updates for example shouldn't they be more aligned with other things be it who the customer is or um oh if we're a sales team i'll you know where, where are the new pipelines of revenue coming from how much airtime is given to those things versus the minutia um which often teams can get you know um sucked into so at an organizational level i think it's very much take the microscope look at what you do actually analyze and look at the activity you're doing um and understand where it is you you think we can we can improve and then let's start the habit building there by doing safe experiments um not not dangerous experiments we don't want to be doing things that cause undue risk to the organization but you know yeah so um yeah that's that's how i go about it yeah no good good no thank you for that what's your next experiment my next one stay tuned stay oh, tuned you tease. <laughs> it's um it's around focus it's around focus so i'll um i'll say no more than that but um that's uh coming to an end in about another week it's interesting right because a lot of my experiments i've kind of gone yeah this you know i've stuck with it this is the first one where it where it could be a fail because um yeah i haven't been that consistent with it to be honest with you and that's interesting because it speaks to identity as well so um yeah i'm looking forward to doing the write up of that one oh well no i'm 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 intrigued i i'm really intrigued actually because um and because that topic is something that um so i've i've recently written an article about um children and children being focused and intently yeah. focused at particular times when they really want to do something but then how much we have distractions around us and we allow ourselves and we train ourselves to be easily distracted we have got notifications on everything left right and center um and all of that stuff so one of the challenges that i have personally is i am very easily distracted um but that's a that's a positive and a negative i see it as a positive and a negative because it allows me to progress a lot of different things um but some things that i want to get done a little bit quicker take a little yeah. bit longer to do right so what what is the balance and and what what have you found or is it is it a similar experiment that you've gone through here i, don't, I know you don't want to talk about it too much that's all right um no it's fine so is is the question how can we be more like kids yes that's a, that is the question how can we more how can we have that intense focus without because for years we have trained ourselves to be distracted and allowed it to happen and it's increasing um, at, uh, yes at an exponential rate by the way because here's a stat um i mean back in the 1970s you, you know the number of notifications you would have per year um usually consisting of a bit of junk mail um through your door you know take away or your auntie phoning from another country right that would yeah. be like a, a notification probably around about 2 to 3000 per year per individual yeah. 2015 i think the last data point was that i saw was over 30000 notifications per year right wow yeah i'm surprised it's even that low i i mean the phone is everything now right and so yeah. I know your point about kids being focused. They probably have a desire to be into video games and stuff that they're actually into. Yeah. And so that again, you know, motivation comes from desire. I think adults are hugely distracted, but I also think, and I don't know if this answers your question, but it's an interesting tangent. I also think I am worried about kids and focus. Um, I know you mentioned in your article that, you know, when 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 you look at your daughter and you know, she's intensely focused. Um, they're just not aware of anything else going on around them, and I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. But I also think, as they get older, um, the amount of focused attention um, teenagers, in particular, um, can hold, I think, is getting less and less. And I and I wonder whether schools. And I said it's a tangent, but I wonder schools should start to teach about focus 
because yeah. they teach maths, they teach English, they teach history, they teach all the subjects. But what, what, what happens when you tell a child, look, you know, focus, you know, focus, do your homework, focus, right? And then they're looking at you and they, I don't blame them. They're like, yeah, but, but how, 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 yeah. what's the, what's the, you know, what's the recipe, right? And, and if you're then on your phone as dad or mom and kind of looking at notifications, they're like, well, you, you know, I'm looking up to you. You're my role model and you're distracted 95% of the time and you're yes. telling me to focus. They're not going to articulate it like this. But so I'm worried about, <laughs> about, about the attention span of, of, of our younger generation. And I think focus is definitely something that should be taught in schools um, for sure. I agree entirely, but and I completely, completely agree that we are at fault for that because, um, and I'm glad one of your experiments was about being present with your children. How many times yeah. are people um, with their children um, flicking through their phone whilst the kid is doing something or the, the child is just trying to talk to them while you're reading an email or you're on a phone call? And, and so you're not focused on but you're focusing on a lot of different things. So that's what you're showing is, is normal and, and acceptable and, and allowed. So I completely agree that they should teach focus. Um, and how can you be more, so, okay, for just talking about myself now and not necessarily your experiment, yeah. um, where, where I find that I am easily distracted. I think it's a positive and a negative, but I wanna be more focused on at the right time on the right thing to deliver okay. more. How would I go about being more focused or less distracted? How can I create that habit? So I think you create the environment. Um, so for me, your your productivity for what day is it today? Are we talking on Tuesday? So for Wednesday, um, your the productivity for Wednesday or the usefulness of Wednesday in the life of Lee Horton starts on Tuesday night. Okay, so if you were to write down and maybe you should do this this evening, but six, the, the six most important things you want to do tomorrow. Yeah. Write them down. That's number one. Tip number two would be eat your frog. So do the most, do the, do the hardest one first. If that's arranging something with whatever, but do, do, do the most, you'll know what it is. Do the most difficult one first. Um, work your way through those. Um, take the phone away. Tip number three, um, notifications off. I often say now when I'm running sessions, I don't say turn your phones off. I'd say turn your notifications off because that's actually more powerful than putting it on silent. So turn your notifications off completely. Um, and then put it, put the phone face down. Tip number yeah. four, tip number five, use something. Here's one, um, use something called the Pomodoro technique. So this is where you might've heard of this, but yeah, 25 minutes. If anyone, any of your listeners, um, haven't heard of the Pomodoro technique. It's really, really useful. Um, if you want to focus, you already know the task you want to do, hopefully, because you wrote it down the night before. Yeah. 25 minutes, um, do nothing else but actually focus on that thing. Take a five-minute break. And what I say is then change state. Do something completely different, but isn't looking at your phone. Go for a walk, have a cup of tea, make a phone call, whatever it might be. But then back again for 25 minutes and and repeat um and keep going if you can string three or four of those you probably find you've done a day's work in about two to three hours i mean this is this is me being a little bit glib okay but um the effect of this for me is enormous um really has been um i've managed to get through a heck of a lot more than i would have done in in, in paid employment as, as a business owner so it's it's yeah. I wish I wish I'd known it. And I wish I'd yeah. known it before. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. So I recognise that that is important for me to do. Yeah. But how how do I know it's really important for me to do? How do you know anything's really important for you to do then? So what what exercises or how how can I? So I'm I'm saying that I want to be less distracted. Um. But you said step one of your of, of your support is to un to help the individual understand what's important to them yes um so how how would i understand and i'm not trying to get your uh, your, your advice yeah. here for well, i am actually trying to get your advice free, free. free consultancy yeah free free consultancy completely so how how would i shoot before i start that because i don't want to start something or do i want to start something and see whether it works or do i don't want to want to understand myself no you understand yourself you want to understand yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, um, that's, that's actual mentoring. So you, you do because 
and and I, I there there are various tools we could use, but it can get quite um quite individual and quite personal if you're thinking about how you're getting distracted. Um, beyond the phone you know there could be relationships there could be there could be um a bit of mental talk going on as well so yeah. it requires um digging deep through that and then getting really really clear um so um yeah we, we couldn't do that over the phone now but but that's where it absolutely starts yeah it starts by getting absolutely clear on that yeah amazing amazing no it's, I've def- i definitely need to uh to, to work on that and and teach myself to be less distracted because i've spent the last x number of years um helping myself be more distracted <laughs> and uh and and try to juggle a lot of things at uh, the same time and things which is uh, which is counterproductive um no it's good i'm i'm really looking forward to um to, to reading your write-up about focus yes it's coming <laughs> yeah no that's good so i've got to write i've got to write it first but yeah when you've gone through all of these experiments, what's the hardest thing, not task, but what's the hardest thing that you've found about creating new habits? Thinking of the one to do next seems to come to mind. I mean, that's, that's not often easy. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know what experiment nine will be. Um, I've, I've no idea. I usually come up with it at the end of the, the one I'm doing at the moment. So that, that probably is one of the most, most, most difficult things. And then, but then once I've decided, um, as I say, apart from the last one, um, because yeah. it's it's looking like it's not as consistent, but it's usually it's usually pretty easy. I I quite enjoy the idea of kind of going right. You know, it's day fifteen. I've done that thing, you know, consistently, and you can see the progress it's made. Yeah, so that's yeah. That's, that's motivating for me. How do you celebrate? I, I ought to do more of that. Um, what do you suggest? Well, I, I don't I don't know. It's just a thing. So because the thing is, I think part of recognizing what you've done is yeah. by celebrating what you've done um and i think if you've um gone through eight separate experiments and successfully navigated seven and a half of them yeah and I, I think that's well worth celebrating and i think the celebration part might feed some of the motivation for the next or may spur um some thoughts for the next one because it's it's so- really interesting it, you 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 come on to a really interesting point because the the last the last component of a habit is called the reward. Um, and that could be a celebration, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. Absolutely. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Completely. Okay. So go, if people want go to go out for a meal before the restaurant's shut, so that'd be a good one. <laughs> yes, yeah, whilst you whilst you still can. Whilst, whilst you still, still can. can. Um, yes. so if people want to know more about Anish and um, the 30 day experiments and maybe get some support with, with some um, habit formation of their own. Where would yes. they go about it? What would they do? What would they do? They yeah. you can either yeah, you can either find me on LinkedIn. Um so just look for Anish and Doja on LinkedIn, or you go to jigsawconsulting.co.uk um slash 30 day experiment. That's my website. Um and you'll find all sorts of information there, all the previous experiments, including how to arrange a free chat with me to talk about your habits and, and get started on on something that I think really will benefit people not just for 30 days but they can apply it for for anything they want to do yeah Yeah. no i agree entirely because everything we do is about um changing our habits or behaviors it's not about it's not about the um it's not about the tools the techniques it's about the actual result which is the habit or behavior of us individually i think it was um i think it was socrates i and i use this quote far too many times now um but i think socrates he said i cannot teach anybody anything i can only make them think and and what you're doing and and how you're doing it is really tapping in to people's thoughts and thinking which which i think will um create the behavior which becomes a habit just yeah what's what's the definition what's the difference between a behavior and a habit just i'm just what what is a behavior and what is a habit because i know some people well, do confu- do confuse them i've never been asked that before i mean first time for everything what's the difference between a behavior and a habit um i think i think the habit is the thing that oh here we go that you repeatedly do um that eventually becomes automatic yeah um and the behavior is the the outward manifestation of that so if you were to um if you were to exercise every day you know 
eventually you would you would probably feel better about yourself and the behavior would be that you you, you act and feel more confident right so that's yes yeah, yeah no i love that yeah yeah no, no, I'll, to be honest with you, I mean, that's, that's a perfect perfect answer because I think a behavior is how you are and the habit is the automatic um, um, this, uh, repetition of something like the, the first or second thing you do in the morning, um, all of those things are habits. I've seen a few of your videos. In fact, before I let you go, um, I've seen a few of your videos um, and you talk about habit stacking a lot. And, but in, in the last hour, we've not spoke about habit stacking. Yeah. Um, so what, what really quickly, um, what is habit stacking? What is habit stacking? It's um, so imagine you you've um you finished your dinner um and you you've gone right kids have gone to bed I'm gonna put on Netflix but before I put on Netflix I'm gonna grab a beer right imagine you're doing that every single day now you've you've just done this thing which is um you're gonna watch something and you're gonna grab a beer and then after you've done that you might go right actually before i go upstairs i'll grab a packet of crisps and i've got my beer and my crisps and imagine that becoming habitual you've just anchored something that you already do every day which is at like 10 o'clock not you but anyone yeah. right 10 watch tv grab a beer have a packet of crisps now you're just stacking one thing on top of the other it's so easy to create bad habits lee so so easy um if you invert that to something that you actually want to do that might be better for you um then again use the same principle do something think of something you always do and then attach something on top of that and then something else on top of that and you start to create a routine in your life at a specific time of day usually um usually even sometimes in a specific place um that starts to become part of what you do and and part of who you are so, so how, how do you remember to stack so that um, when I've considered habit stacking before, the thing that the the challenge that I have seen and I've witnessed is um, how do I remember to do the second habit after the first habit? Is this some? I mean, we could we could we could, we could work with this. Um, is this something you're trying to do at the moment? For not, not yeah, not not in particular. But I, I think mm. so. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if I wanted, uh, let me think of two things now. So if I wanted to, if I wanted to turn my notifications off on yeah. my phone um every time i go on a zoom call right so every time i go on a zoom call i want to turn my notifications off so i'm going on a zoom call habit one maybe every single day nine o'clock mm. whatever and then habit number two picking up my phone turning off the notifications but okay. to, to do that turning the notifications off i've got to remember to do it when i'm getting on my zoom call right how do i link those two things together or is it just the fact of well, yeah, I draw link them together. So I, I, I try and try and reduce the amount of steps there are. So if you break that habit down into a really small series of steps, okay. So um, I wouldn't worry. Of, well, you could put it on silent, but then just turn the phone upside down. You know, rather than having to swipe this and turn off notifications, maybe just turn the phone upside down. Just make it as easy as possible. Um, also try and put as much distance between yourself and the thing as possible. So you now you haven't even got the thing flashing at you or ringing or buzzing or anything. It's somewhere else entirely. Yeah. Um, so if you can make it gone. So, and I guess what I want to say is, so I've, uh, I've seen your video, your recent video where you talk yeah. about brushing your teeth and then using the TP sticks. Yes. And the reason what I guess where the question was planted in my brain is because you said next to your toothbrush are your TP sticks. It's visual. So yeah. you've got a visual cue to remember when you when you do that. Um, so when you brush your teeth, the things that you're going to do are yeah. there. With the example of the Zoom call and phone, I might the phone might be in my pocket. So I guess it's. I think a visual cue is really important if you can. Are there any other tips or tricks that you can say if there's no visual cue or other oh, cues? I'd have to start charging you soon. I think the meter's running. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Are there any are there any tips or tricks? Um, it's very context specific. Um, so, you know, the, the idea that you make the habit as you know, less visible as possible if, you, if you're trying to break it. So with your phone, it's less visible. Um, something else I've tried is you, on, on, on iPhones, there's a way of, um, that's my, you see it's color. Yeah. But if I, if I triple, hang on, let me just get this. So 
There we go. If I, I'm going to triple click the, the button here and watch. Yeah. Did you say it's gone black oh, and white? Oh, it's gone black and white, yeah. Yeah. So there's a setting there because that makes it unattractive. Okay, so what, the more unattractive you can make a habit, the better. So if you're a smoker, for example, right, and you want to give up smoking, well, one of the things you could do, one of the micro things you could do is just kind of smell your fingers after you've had a cigarette. It's disgusting, right? And you kind of yeah. go, particularly if you've got the desire to quit. This is not yes. going to work for anybody who has no desire to quit smoking. But if you are serious about it, then these little things, and let's not forget, what might work for one person might not work for another. So it's worth even experimenting in a small way with the habit that you're trying to build. Yeah. So for you and the phone, it could be the grayscale, it could be put it somewhere else, it could be turn it on silent, um, you know, it, it could be a reward that's going, after my Zoom call, I'll check something on, on my phone, for example. You yeah. Know, but, um, yeah, so that's, um, yeah, there, there, there's, 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 there's loads more on that, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think what you've said is it's individual, and each mm. situation is individual. So what you need to you need to understand that, which is why it all starts with you as a person, as the individual. Completely. Um, so I think that that's what's come across really clearly here today. Yeah. So no, um, through fear of, uh, of receiving an invoice from you, I am going to end the conversation here. <laughs> <laughs> any time, any time. I know, I know. I, I, but I just want seriously though, I just want to say thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you again, Anish. And, uh, and good so luck with everything. So just one more time, where can people hear more, find out more about you? Yeah, on LinkedIn, um, Anish Hindocha or jigsawconsulting.co.uk slash 30 Day Experiment. Really Amazing. happy to talk to any of your listeners, yeah. Amazing. No, thank you very much for that. You look after yourself, Anish, and, uh, and oh, thanks very much again. Pleasure. Cheers, Lee. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.